Hello, everybody, and welcome to the EP show. That's right. I have a brand new show on the podcast feed and YouTube channel for Empty Opinions Podcast. If you don't know what this is, well, I kind of don't either. Psych, I do know. It's basically my pop culture show, a.k.a. my solo show, right? Because if you know anything about the podcast that I've been doing, the Empty Opinions Podcast, you know that one's pretty uh guest heavy is you know it features guests is guest relying almost not really because i can do solo episodes but i'm not when i don't have a guest but usually i try to get a guest somebody i can talk to about whatever topic we end up talking about right and i'm thinking you know what and ever since i started doing the solo episodes i was just like you know i do kind of enjoy doing the solo episodes right but I don't know if I want to make it part of the actual Empty Opinions podcast to have solo episodes. Like, for example, Theo Vaughn's podcast, who's a comedian. He has a podcast called This Past Weekend where he has two types of episodes with a guest and just him. And I started doing that for a little bit about a year, not a year, like about four, five, six months ago. And I realized, yeah, you know, I don't want to do that. But now I realize I do kind of want to do it, but I feel like I'll now separate it to kind of, you know, create some focus for empty opinions podcast and make it a weekly thing and for people not to get confused on and now i have my own show where it's my solo show where i just talk about whatever the fuck i want to talk about it's just just me talking shit to the camera and to the microphone so that's what the ep show is it's just my pop culture show is what i'll call it because i guess i will talk about pop culture and review things like movies and tv shows and music as they come out um but yeah, this is the AP show. I mean, I don't know how else I could have started it. I don't have any, no, no sort of like music that I could have done, right? Like I don't have like an opening theme song like the Empty Opinions podcast does. So I guess it's kind of an awkward start. I'll figure things out as they go. This is only the pilot. This is just a rough idea for what the show is going to be. It's going to develop over future episodes. But um, yeah, I guess that's what the EP show is. So I guess, you know, without further ado, let's just jump into what the actual show is going to be. So the way it's going to be split up It's going to be split up into empty. It's going to have segments, which is new because <laughs> I usually don't do segments for the empty penis podcast. So for the EP show, there's going to be three segments. There's going to be e- empty rants which is just me talking about random, just me talking about random things that I want to get my thoughts on, right? Like it can be anything. It could be pop culture. It could be just something random, just random thoughts I have in my, in my head that I kind of want to rant on. That's what that would be. Not necessarily pop culture. It could be more evergreen content, which just means, you know, won't people won't forget about it in a week. Uh, so that's going to be empty rants. It's going to be the first segment of the show. Then I'm going to move on to pop pop exclamation mark all capital letters which is the pop culture segment where i talk about two pop culture uh topics and discuss them uh and just give my opinions on it you know what i mean because i do keep up with pop culture sometimes i have things to say about it sometimes i don't but it is what it is and then the other segment is called empty reviews which is just me reviewing like i said either movies or music or tv shows there's gonna be two reviews right and usually I'll try to mix it up. I don't want it to be two albums or two TV shows or two movies. I'll pick and choose one or the other. I think that makes more sense. It makes the show more varied. And then the way I'll end this uh, this show is with my favorite song that I've been listening to recently. This is something I used to do on the Empty Opinions podcast, but I didn't do. I stopped doing because I don't want to get sued. And now I'm doing it for this show, which could still get me sued. But, you know. Fucking man, I mean, this is my show. I could, you know, th- if this isn't the podcast, this isn't the official show of this podcast feed or YouTube channel, so it's not like 
um, you know, if something happens with the show, it's kind of expended, expendable a little bit. It could get, it could become something bigger, but for now, I think I'm fine with how it is. So I guess that's enough explaining. Let's just jump straight into what the show is. So let's talk about empty. Let's do some empty rants, everybody. Um, the first thing that I'm going to talk about, my first empty rant, or just my first empty topic, my first thing that's on my head, it's been on my mind recently. It's just. You know, and this is it, and this is also why I want to do a personal show because I can also talk about personal things that I just need to get my fucking thoughts out there. Need to let it out because it's fucking bothering me. So, you know, recently I had this girl, you know, come to my... I, I've been trying to get this girl to come to my apartment for like two months, right? Like a long time. And she always came up with excuses like this or that, this or that. And I was like, fuck. Like I was almost getting tired of it. I was almost like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. Um, hold on. I, I, let me fix it. Let me see if the levels on this are kind of weird. Because it does feel like it's weird. I don't think it's loud enough. You know, maybe it is. Maybe it's just something. I don't know what the fuck it is. It sound, it's, it's just weird. I don't know why. I don't know why it sounds... Oh, there we go. I think this might be it. Okay, see? Yeah, this is what this is what the fuck the problem was. The output of the audio. Whatever, this is getting too much into the weeds of it. But yeah. So I've been trying to get this girl. That I like. That we have kind of a history together. I've been trying to get her to come to my new apartment that I just moved in for like about two months. Ever since I moved, right? I've been trying to get her to come. And this shit keeps popping up. Weird shit just keep just kept popping up. Like, oh, I can't do it today. One week I wasn't able to reach, reach out to her for whatever the fuck reason. Like, I just... The messages could not get through. So I'm weird. I thought she like was purposely ignoring me. Turns out that wasn't the case. I don't fucking know what it was, but I remember for a whole week me trying to contact her and I couldn't. Then I ended up, you know, contacting her and she got mad at me for whatever. The fuck? I'm getting too specific. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, I was trying to get this girl to come to my apartment for two months, right? Just because, you know, I wanted to have some fun at FUN, like SpongeBob saying. Uh, no, I just wanted to. I just wanted to hang out with this girl because I liked her, and we, I just wanted to fucking, you know, hang out. Like you know, when two people like each other, they hang out. That's what I wanted. Um, and I just, for some reason, it just kept not happening for two fucking months. So I was like, I was almost getting over. I was just gonna be like, okay, it's not even like it's not even worth it. I mean, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, when somebody keeps putting something off. Over and over and over and over and over again. It almost feels like I should have taken the the hint. Like, just let it go. Because it's not going to go the way you want it. Especially the fact that she doesn't really want to, you know, hang out. And I was just like, I got so mad. I actually kind of like told her, I'm like, listen, all I want is for you to come to my fucking apartment. Like, you know, that's all I want. She's like, oh, I've been really busy. I was like, you're fucking selfish. She's like, no, I'm not. I've been really busy with family shit, this, that, whatever, right? And I kind of understood that, but I was just like, listen. And it almost came off like an ultimatum, which I didn't really mean it to do, but maybe I did subconsciously. I was just like, if you don't fucking come, just tell me if you're going to come or not. If you can't come once a week, then, I, you know, whatever. Just tell, just let me know, and and I'll deal with whatever comes after that. And she kind of almost reacted to that because, like I said that, and then I didn't talk to her for like five days. Like I told her I was very strict. I was like, listen, you let me know if you can come at least once a week for me to see you. Because if you can't, just let me know now. And she was like, I'll see what I can do. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I didn't talk to her for like five days. And then she ended up calling me and saying, all right, I'm, I, I, can, I can go today. And I was just like, huh. And that gets into a little bit of psychology of women, just like being fucking really strict with them and then letting letting that breathe and let them overthink it or just let them see that you're serious. 
uh, that could be a topic for another for another EP show. But yeah, so she ended up calling, reaching out, and was like, "Okay, I can go." Um, and then that day, for some reason, she didn't want to do it because of the curfew. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I just got mad, and you know. But then the next day, she was able to come, and um, it was one of the worst experiences of my life because I think it's just it had been built up in my head, right? Now I have my own place, right? Which is big when you're inviting somebody you like, right? Like that's pretty big. If you enjoy, if you like somebody, invite them to your own place. You feel like, okay, things can actually happen as opposed to me just living in my parents' house or just having a car and there not being any place to do anything, right? If you catch my drift. I know, I, know, I think you guys know what the fuck I'm trying to get at. But yeah, it's just, I was, it was just one of the worst experiences of my life because it was like nothing that I want. It's like, I didn't want her. It, it almost felt like we were just best friends, right? Like she came, we ate, right? Like I bought her some food. I also bought myself some food. We ate and then we watched a movie. And then the whole time we were kind of like joking. I was like kind of trying to annoy her a little bit, this and that. And just, but in terms of like actual affection or anything that will lead to me thinking that she liked me, None of that fucking happened. It was literally just like two best friends hanging out. Every time I would try to do something, it's not like it wasn't. It, it, it's been. Listen, there's some history with this girl, so it's been established that we kind of both like each other. So it's not like she's just a regular person, friend, and then I'm just overstepping my boundaries, and she's not, and I'm not respecting her decision or whatever the fuck. No, this is you know we've had like fucking you know shit has happened, right? So it's not like I'm I'm imagining that something could happen that would never happen it could happen because it has happened but then just it just nothing it was like best friends and every time i would try to get closer whatever to kind of push me off it was like oh my stomach hurts i you know i'm high this whatever and i'm just like okay right and i like the whole night it's just it just something feels weird and then we kind of finish this movie and i'm just like trying to do and it just she just she did like a final push that like just broke me at that moment. I was like, I, okay, I do not like this girl anymore. It's like, it's like over because it's like, you know, I understand, you know, I don't know, you know, I understand, you know, if she wasn't in a moment for, and if, you know, she wasn't feeling like doing this or that or whatever, that's totally fine. But like, after pushing me off for two months of saying, I can't come to your new, you know, whatever things keep popping up, whatever me trying to get her, me trying to see her ever since the, like the quarantine happened, like I've been trying to see her and she's just, for some reason couldn't something always came up so it's just like okay i mean yeah yeah i mean i understand shit pops up but then it was just like it just got to the point that i think that was like the breaking point like that final push right and i was just like yeah you know what it's 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 yeah i can't, I can't. and the reason i can't and i think the whole point of this story that i'm trying to say the larger topic of the story is just something i've realized about myself that kind of is further cemented now it's just the fact that i kind of i need a reaction from people I don't know what it is about me. I don't know if there's some deep fucking trauma, some weird childhood shit where, like, my parents didn't pay attention to me or, like, people didn't treat me correctly or, like, people didn't fucking care about me. I don't fucking know what it was, but I do know I need a reaction. And, I mean, this podcast and this show specifically is more than proof of that, right? So I need a reaction from people. And this girl, that was my biggest problem. Like, and, you know, I do this with a lot of people whenever people don't show me reaction or don't show me affection or don't, don't, there's, it's like stonewall me. I kind of just annoy them 
like really really bad like get them almost upset with how much i annoy them because at least that's a reaction you know what i mean like if you're not gonna give me any sort of reaction i'm gonna have to fucking pry it out of you and most likely it's gonna be through anger and i'm gonna have the biggest the, the most fun time because at least you're showing fucking emotion right like that's my biggest problem that it's just i don't you know i can't i don't deal well with no reaction like i really don't like it it, it fucking hurts me like, it's something that I hate, and it's something that I've realized with this. So then when this girl didn't show me any reaction, and then I was, like, resorting to annoying her and then trying to, and then, you know, I realized I can't, I got to stop doing that because she's going to get mad and I want to talk to me. And then when I, I want some affection from this girl, right, which is the reason why the fuck I invited her to the apartment. It wasn't just to watch a fucking movie. I don't give a fuck about just watching a movie with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not inviting somebody to the apartment to watch a movie. I can watch a movie all on my own. It was for affection. It was for some sort of fucking reaction like a human reaction that could be given to me especially you know with this quarantine shit you don't really see anybody you don't really hang out with anybody although that's ending but regardless that's kind of why i invited her to the apartment and then fucking turns out she wouldn't give me any reaction and then you know it's like five hours went by and i was just like what the fuck are we doing like what the fuck okay now what now what it, 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 I mean, what? Like, it, it was, I didn't come here. I didn't invite you to watch a fucking movie with me. I didn't invite you to eat Applebee's in my fucking new, you know, kitchen table. That's not why I invited you. But at the end of the day, she does what she does, and I do what I do, right? Like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to judge her too much. I'm just expressing my frustration through this show that I have now, <laughs> the EP show. But it's just, you know, that was just one of those things. Like, that moment, it, I think that was a defining moment with me and these girls was like, there's been a lot of shit. There's been one of those weird, like, relationships or weird, like, you know, you know, kind of toxic, like, complicated things that you have with the girl. If, you know, I f I'm sure a lot of people have experienced something similar to that. But it was just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fuck, you know, I'm doing at this point. It, it really, I, like, I don't know. Like, it, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? If that, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of me even trying to deal with this girl. Because if I can't get any fucking reaction, I've been trying to get you to come to my fucking apartment or even see you for like two months in nothing. Fucking nothing. And, and then the time that I finally do get you, it's like it's done. It's like, you know. It, it, it was just too much. I just felt. I just felt like okay, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like no emotion now, no feelings, no nothing. Because now, at the end of the day, that's what I want. I need a reaction. I need affection. This podcast is more than proof of it. I don't know why I haven't. I, I am so needy for affection and reaction from people. Have no idea. I'll talk to that with a therapist if I'm able to see one because them shits are expensive. But. At the end of the day, that's what I want. That's what I need. And if I can't get it from you, unfortunately, you know, I have to be a little selfish and be like, okay, then, you know, you don't want to do it. That's fine. I'm not going to force you to do it, but I'll just have to look for that in somebody else because it's just, you know, and it's like, I also have to realize because this thing that I've noticed, like even getting a little bit of a reaction from, you know, certain women, like it kept me coming back, but it's almost like I haven't received any sort of affection for so long. It's like, it's not even worth it anymore. If it was like once a week, like I said, like I asked her to come see me once a week, you know, that's like fine. But if it's not going to be a relationship, you know, and you're not, and it's been like more than two months and nothing has happened. Like I have plenty of friends, but that's not true, but I don't need a friend right now. So that's not what, so then why the fuck are you around that at the end of the day, that's just how I feel. Wow, I got really honest. I wonder, <laughs> it'll be funny if the person I'm talking to watches this. They probably will. I mean, I don't fucking care. 
you know, I really don't give a fuck at this point. I just needed to get that out there because it's been bothering me since it happened. And it's just, you know, this is the thing. All right. My next empty rant that I want to do. And now, you know, you can see the background changing because I'm putting pictures on the TV. If anybody that's listening to this episode, make sure you go to the YouTube channel and watch it. So you can see the beautiful transitions on my TV when I change topics. And as you can see in this picture, uh, for the YouTube viewers, I am now the next empty rant I want to talk about is Tyler, the creator. And I just kind of want to talk about how much of a fucking legend Tyler, the creator is. He really is one of the biggest. He is for, he's one of the most underrated hip hop people, period. He is as influential in the hip hop world as anybody you can mention. Like he really is. And I just think it's a fact that, you know, this is something that only a younger person could really know about Tyler, the creator, like the old there, like the older rap people and the more old school rap people would never really know about it. But Tyler, the creator, he really is like, if you think about just his fucking career, uh, his trajectory, you would see that he really is like, this segment, this part, this topic is almost like an ode to Tyler, the creator, because I just feel like he's done a lot to cement his place as a legend in hip hop. But people don't really talk about him. People, people appreciate it. You know, people appreciate Tyler, the creator. When his album came out, his latest album, Igor, came out. He won a whole fucking Grammy for it. People, everybody salute. People loved it. Right. They thought it was great. But I just don't think people talk up uh, like, you know, people praise the album. But I think people more people need to praise Tyler, the creator, if not for his fucking trajectory and change. Right. Like if we go way back to his first mixtape in like 2010, probably, I think it was. You know, we go all the way back. You see that he put out Bastard, right, which is a mixtape that was fucking crazy. You know, he was like a brand new look. OK, here's what the fuck I'm trying to talk about with with, with trajectory. One of the first things I got to say with Tyler, the creator, why it makes him a legend automatically is just he made Supreme popular and not enough top people and not enough people talk about that. But he did things like Supreme and bait. This motherfucker has been wearing since 2010 and it was not nearly as big as it is now. Right. Like it really wasn't. It was just like some weird off some weird clothing brand that nobody really gave a fuck about. And then Tyler, the creator single handedly made it as popular as it is. And now, you know, it's one of the biggest streetwear brands of all time. So that's one reason why he's a legend. Right. But even just his, his, I don't give a fuck, his rebellious, you know, movement that he created with odd future and the music that he was making and him just saying whatever the fuck he wanted to say. That's another thing that got, that has to be saluted because it's like, he like he truly brought, uh, you know, I was listening to the empty to not the empty penis podcast, which you, you should check out. But I was listening to the Joe Budden podcast and Rory, Rory from the Joe Budden podcast. He said that one of the things that he noticed when our future, that whole group came out is that it made parents afraid of letting their kids listening to hip hop. Which and the the thing he's referring to is just how hip hop when it first started, like a lot of people were kind of scared of it. But, um, you know. It's one of those things that like you appreciate, right? Like making hip because hip hop has always been like a rebellious art form, right? It's where you express yourself. It's where you say fuck the rules. Is what I'm gonna talk about. You know, I don't give a fuck if you care if you like me, whatever. It's just I'm gonna be talking about this, right? And that's how hip hop started. And for a long time, like hip hop just became really modern or not modern, but it just became really like mainstream. 
And I feel like, like Rory said, Tyler, the creator brought that edge to hip hop. It was like, it was like making white parents afraid. And that's, I think that's another thing that people don't talk about. Like that really brought a revolution in terms of just hip hop artists. Like I can tell you listening to Goblin or Bastard, right? Cause I was listening to his whole discography over the past week. Like you listen to a lot of those songs, like those songs show the, what would eventually become triple X or like Lil Peep or, 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 or like Lil Tracy or, or just those, you know, fucking rebellious like crazy off the wall like angry hip-hop artists that would come from the soundcloud era tyler the creator kind of brought a fucking lane for that as well so it's like so that's another thing right he 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 definitely made a change in the hip-hop atmosphere with just how fucking crazy this motherfucker and how he had no filter he was saying whatever the fuck you wanted and I feel like his music was interesting enough. Like, he was at least trying to make his music interesting, although not a lot of people love Goblin. I personally really like Goblin. You know, I don't mind the production. A lot of people don't like it. But I, I like the hit, the story that was told. Then when you listen to Wolf, and, I mean, that's like a more refined version of everything that Tyler had done before that, right? And that one was an amazing album, right? And then you go to Cherry Bomb, which, you know distorted really fucking distorted in a hint of jazz that's where he started kind of getting his feet wet and a lot of a lot of people hated it when it came out but you know he stuck with his guns uh and he implemented a lot of that into igor so i just know i don't know like if you look at his discography i think he's a very underrated hip-hop artist but even just the influence that he's had on 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 future musicians but also like clothing you know the fact that he has his own clothing brand the fact, the fact that he has his own uh, a festival which had drake as the fucking you know who was infamously booed i remember talking about that on the empty penis podcast last that happened last year but regardless i feel like tyler the creator has done enough to be considered one of the greatest hip-hop artists maybe not the best rapper right although he is a w good rapper and he's showing it in a lot of features he's been doing recently but just a great an influential hip-hop artist that I feel like needs to be recognized more and I mean if we're talking about his rapping I just feel like I've seen him like rapping a lot of like underground albums like the like the West Side Gun album and now the Freddie Gibbs album I have a feeling that his next project is gonna be like full hip-hop I have a feeling because Igor gets criticized a lot for not being an actual rap album because he didn't rap a lot. It was more just like an alternative, whatever the fuck you want to consider it. So I have a feeling that the fact that he's doing all these features on like old, old you know, fucking hip hop, like old, like fucking boom bap, like old school hip hop artists like Freddie Gibbs and West Side Gun. I have a feeling that his next album and I'm predicting it right now, his next album is going to be the most hip hop album that he will ever do. Or his most hip-hop album today. I can feel it. I can tell. Because I feel like... I don't know. He's just doing a lot of features on these like old-school rappers that I feel like he might just be doing a thing of like, I'll do a verse for you, you do a verse for me. And that's where they're going to be implemented. I, I, I'm i just excited for his next album, and I think that's going to show that hip-hop, that Tyler, the creator... I think Tyler, the creator, is falling in love with rapping again because for a while he didn't. He kind of got tired of it, but now I think he's starting to enjoy it and compromise and not just necessarily be a super angry person that raps. I think he's actually going to enjoy making rap music again, and you're going to see it in his next effort, which it will probably come out next year if his cycles are consistent. 
but yeah i just wanted to talk about tyler the creator there for a second that's uh that's my ode to tyler the creator all right now i'm gonna move on to pop the you know the pop culture segment of this podcast where i talk about pop culture obviously uh, and the first thing i want to talk about is just man I mean, you know, and I don't really like want like to talk about six nine. You know, I don't want to. I'm not talking about his shenanigans. I just want to talk about this situation isolated. So recently, it looks like six nine and Akon ha- are working on a song together. That's right, six nine and fucking Akon. Out of all the people you would think will cor- collaborate <laughs> with six nine <laughs> after he's been a public snitch. Akon was the last person I was thinking of that would make a song with 6ix9ine. But that's how 6ix9ine stays relevant, man, because he knows how to get people talk. He know he's the king of marketing. He knows fucking weird, obscure artists. Or not weird, obscure, but like old artists. Like he 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 just knew that making a song with Akon out of all people who hasn't made a good song or hasn't made a popular song in a long time, that was gonna get him some fucking you know, that was gonna get people talking. I mean, he did the same when he did a song with, um, what did he make a song with? He made a song, oh, Fetty Wap. He did a song with Fetty Wap, which, like, revitalized his career a little bit. Not really, but regardless. So, Akon and 6 9 have a song coming out, and it's just interesting that Akon is the one, is the guy that's going to make the first, is, he's the first public feature, the best, the first public artist to make a song with 6 9 And that's just such an interesting thing, because I feel like, if you don't know, Akon has been, you know, creating his own fucking city <laughs> in Africa. Like that's what he's been doing. He's been making his own country or his own his own country, I think. Yeah, he's been making his own fucking country. I think in Senegal or I'm not ex- I'm not exactly sure. And he's just you, you know been update, you know, given um what the fuck like electric lighting, you know, like solar solar fucking light. I don't know what the fuck the term is called. He's battering a lot of cities in Africa. That's what this motherfucker has been doing for like the past twenty years. And what does he do after that? He comes to make his song with six nine. It's a most bizarre turn of events for him specifically. And after making so many after doing so many good things, now he's getting criticized, obviously, because you know, why, like, a lot of people are like, how how dare you work with 6 9 he's a snitch, and I kind of feel that way, but it's also like, when somebody like Akon has done as much good as he has, it's like, does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, does that really indict his character, supporting 6 9 And not only that, does he even know what the fuck has been going on with 6 9 I feel like Akon is the type of artist that has no idea what the fuck 6 9 has done. He just saw this guy with colorful hair, and he saw his numbers. He's like, he must be a big deal. Let me do a song with him because he's asked me to. It's fucking hilarious. And the fact that it's a part two to what I assume is a popular Akon song, it's just like, even crazier it's just this whole the fact that he's doing a song with Akon and you know people are saying this the snippet sounded trash I don't know I don't think it was that bad you know what I mean it didn't sound horrible to me but it's just interesting that that's how this motherfucker plans on coming back just making a fucking I mean it's so fucking wild it's Akon Akon out of anybody to work with 6ix9ine Akon but again like I said I don't think he knows what the fuck has happened with 6ix9ine and I'll be honest, it can sound nice. Like, his voice is very unique. Like, it's actually cool to hear Akon again in what could be a very big song. 
So I'm not mad at the song in general. I might even listen to it just because Akon, right? I might just ignore the fact that it's a 6 9 song and want to hear a new Akon song again. But it's just bizarre that that's who is collaborating with 6 9 It's really bizarre. It's truly bizarre. It's a truly bizarre turn of events. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's that. And now I'm going to talk about, you know, Kanye West and this new conspiracy. It's starting to look like Kanye West was faking all the MAGA shit that he was doing because now there's a lot of things coming out with, you know, people. It's like speculation kind of, but not really because he's not really talking about it. But the fact that there's been some new developments, like recently he donated like $2 million to the cause. He's going to pay for the the the, the funeral. Brianna Taylor is going to donate to charities. Uh, uh, a movement and Black Lives Matter movements in Chicago. So that was all, and he hasn't talked, which a lot of people appreciate it. So that was good. That was getting in the good graces of black people and just anybody who was, who was a fan of Kanye in his good graces, right? But then more stuff started coming out that apparently he like gave out all his MAGA hats, right? And I was like, huh? Interesting. Hmm, that's interesting. Like, he gifted all his fucking mega hats to do something. And now, there was an interview with somebody who's close to Kanye. I don't remember exactly who. But they were saying that the reason Kanye did all his mega shit was to get close to Donald Trump so that he was able to liberate black people. And, I mean, if that is true, that has to be one of the most fucking wild plot twists to to this Kanye to this Kanye West storyline that I could ever fucking think of. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? That's what he was doing. That's what Kanye was doing, man. He was literally just trying to get close to Donald Trump and saying the most wild shit and wearing mega hat, this and that, and alienating his whole fan base just to all his black fan bases, you know, his whole black black fan base. He was alienating all of them just to get close to Donald Trump. Just to so liberate a couple of black people. And I guess it could make sense because also Kim Kardashian has been at the very at the forefront of that as well. He she's been talking to Donald Trump to liberate a lot of black people, right? That's also happened. So I get in Kim Kardashian, if you didn't know, if you've been living under a rock, it's married to Kanye West. So then if you think about it that way, you're like, hmm, maybe this kind of makes sense. But that where this theory kind of falls apart, and again, we'll see how the fuck this story develops. If this motherfucker comes out with an album, like as he's been working on a secret album and just reveals his whole, <laughs> this fucking grandmaster plan to liberate black people. And that's why he wore a bag hat and then starts publicly denouncing Donald Trump. That'll be hilarious. But where the story kind of falls apart a little bit, it's just the fact that he was talking, he was talking about supporting Trump way before he started wearing the MAGA hat. Or not way before, but I remember it really starting when he was like like ranting on stage, like at a concert. He said that he would have voted for Donald Trump, and then people started booing him. And then you could see a meeting with Donald Trump, and then that like died down. But then two years after that, it like reignited again, and now he's really vocal about Donald Trump, right? It was like fucking bizarre, so I'm like... If this was truly planned, I mean, this had to be planned for the last five years. I mean, this was not something that was thrown together. And that's almost a little too far-fetched. You know, an example, a correlation that I can make or an analogy that I can make for this situation. And it'll be really obscure because not a lot of people have seen this show. But it will like Mr. Robot. 
The creator of Mr. Robot said everything was planned and there's going to be a big twist in the last season that proves that everything was planned. You know, it was like this twist has been thought out from the beginning. And then you start and then you before it happens, you're like, there's no fucking way there's going to be a twist that recontextualizes the whole show. And then it does. And then you're like, oh, shit, this guy's a genius. Right. But you have a little bit of a, you know, you're hesitant a little bit when when you hear that, because it's like it almost doesn't make sense. It'll be such a fucking crazy mind fuck for that to happen. But that's the same way I feel with Kanye West. It's like if Kanye was truly was planning this from the beginning and everything tracks, it's almost like a twist in a show or a movie. If everything tracks, if you go back and rewatch everything and everything tracks, then I mean, kudos. I mean, it's one of the greatest fucking plans any artist could ever make in history. But I just don't, you know, I just don't buy it simply because of the 400 years of slavery comment. That was like a little wild. And maybe that doesn't have anything to do with Donald Trump. But I'm just thinking like, I think that was the moment he was a little manic and just saying whatever to make people mad or just speaking his mind and not giving a fuck. I think the mega shit was part of that. But I think it became a point where like he realized it, it, the most realistic thing. It did start with Kanye, you know, you know, loving his brethren Donald Trump I feel like that's how it could have started but then I'm sure somebody probably maybe talked to him and said this is not good but he thought okay well let me run with this in this way I can you know get like people out I think maybe there was a change of heart halfway through all this shit but he just didn't publicly announce that and just kept playing it up to get people, black people liberated. That's the best I could come up with. But I just don't buy that this was planned from the beginning. But if this is true, I mean, this is a fucking crazy. Like I said, this is a crazy. This is almost like an anime level plot twist. You know what I mean? Like a big a soap opera development that changes the whole story. It, it will be like almost. It will be almost too. It was like Stranger the Fiction. You can make like a movie about that. That's how wild that twist would be. But um, yeah. I hope I hope that's what it is, because, you know, people love Donald Trump. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, there are people that love Donald Trump. Those people are called racist. But no, people love Kanye West. So if this is true, they will love to embrace Kanye West back with open arms. I can, I can guarantee that. All right. That's those are the two topics for the pop segment. And talking about pop, I need a pop filter because the P, the P sounds kind of pop too much. So I guess every time I do a, ooh, every time I do a, every time I do a sound, I'll just you know further the mic away. I'll get a pop filter. The shape would I could probably make a shape a makeshift pop filter because just foam on top of the microphone. But um yeah, that's it for the pop segment. And now let's move on to the last segment. The empty review segment. That's right. This is where I review shit that I've been watching and or listening to. The first thing that I'll be reviewing is Rami season two. If you don't know, Rami is his TV show. The way I describe it right now is pretty much as like Muslim Atlanta. It's like Atlanta for Muslim people. You know how Atlanta is for black people. Mus- Rami is for like Muslim people. It's really, really fucking good. It's one of my favorite shows. It's my favorite show of the year so far. And I'll explain why. I just love 30-minute shows that experiment and do unique shit. That's why I love Atlanta. That's why I love Barry. That's why I love a lot of... I love Maniac on Netflix, if anybody remembers that show. 
But that's why I like I like these 30 minute shows because they are able to experiment and break the bound. You know, when you see a 30 minute show, you're expecting some fucking goofy comedy like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or like Superstore, something like that. But, you know, something I like that, you know, people like Rami Youssef has been doing, have been doing is just creating, you know, an interesting drama in 30 minutes, like a bite sized drama. You know, who the fuck wouldn't like that? And that's actually better for the for this day and age where, like, there's so much shit to watch. I feel like a 30-minute a, a bite-sized drama will get people to watch your shit more than just an hour long. Because if it's an hour long, it has to be, like, exceptional. It has to be the best show you've ever seen to get people to watch it. Or it has to be incredibly epic or it has to become, like, an event. But for shows that are not that, um, you know, you... Uh, 30 minutes is the best way to bypass that fucking disparity of, you know, the streaming age where you need to watch a show. Uh, you want to watch a drama, but the hour longs, you know, there's too much investment. You don't know if they're going to be good and there's so many different options. But um, I mean, Rami season two, I mean, season one, I loved it was in my top five the year it came out and it's gotten a lot of praise afterwards. You know, uh, Rami Yusuf won an Emmy for best comedic actor. Uh, so the show Hulu does are it looks like they're invested in it because they're getting it's getting awards. But, you know, if you don't know what Rami is, like I said, it's Muslim Atlanta. Basically, it's just about it, Rami Yusuf is a comedian and he is exploring his faith and his shortcomings in this half hour uh, dramedy kind of. And it's just funny and heartbreaking and it offers a unique expect, uh, perspective on something that you don't really see often in TV, which is just somebody struggling with their Muslim religion. You know what I mean? That's not something you see in mainstream TV. If anything, like, Muslims are kind of typecasted. So that's why this show is also very unique, because it has a very unique perspective. And, I mean, season one was already really good. But, I mean, season two, I feel like, might be even better. Just because, I mean, for one, and I'm not going to get into spoilers. I was thinking maybe I'll do spoilers, but the, the reviews would be too long. This is going to be non-spoiler reviews for both things that I'll talk about for this uh, empty, for this EP show. But, you know, season two sees Rami after something really crazy that he did la- at the end of last ep- last season. Uh, he finds him trying to really throw himself both feet in to the Muslim religion. He was kind of struggling it in last season. He was trying to find a way to be the uh, the best Muslim he could be. But there was a lot of distractions. And he, was, he wasn't necessarily mad about them. But in season two, he's just trying his best. Now he really wants to be the best Muslim he can be. So he goes, he finds his sheikh, which is like this, I guess is the equivalent. It's just like a, like a, a spiritual guide for the Muslim religion. And that is Mahershala Ali is in this show, which is a crazy big get to get for this show, which, you know, didn't really had kind of unknowns. And so in season two, they have a lot of big stars. I mean, they have Mia Khalifa, which whether you like it or not, you know, who the fuck she is. <laughs> if you see her face and more specifically her titties. All right, that's a little, it's a little crude. But I'm just saying, you know me, you know Mia Khalifa. If you don't know her name, you know her face and her body. And you know you have Mahershala Ali, so they have a, they have some big names now this season. And Mahershala Ali is a sheik, and I mean, you know, he offers, he grounds the show. Like this season is way more dramatic than last season, like way more, and it's mainly because of Mahershala Ali. Just because it's a fucking, I mean, you know, you know he's an amazing actor. I mean, he was in Green Book. He was in Moonlight. He, what else was he in? He was in a show. 
Uh, he was in True Detective season three where he paid, played like three different versions of himself. Fucking crazy. This guy's an amazing actor. And he deserves all the all the all the success that he has. And he's Blade. He's gonna be Blade. So yeah, he's a great actor. He's blowing up. And um, I haven't seen him in a in anything in a while. You can see, I mean, as soon as you see him back on, on on the TV, on the screen, you know, yeah, this is a fucking veteran right here that I'm watching. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what Marshala Ali brings to the season. And, I mean, the show also continues to do what it did in season one, which is give multiple perspectives. But I feel like the perspective episodes this season uh, are better or deeper. I think they go deeper. You know what I mean? Then last season, because last season you were seeing their own individual stories, and I just feel like I feel like the individual stories this season are more engaging, and I just feel like it's just way more dramatic. Obviously, like there's a lot more dramatic. I mean, the first two episodes are fucking intense. I'm not gonna say what happened in them, but they're intense as fuck. And then it kind of slows down, and then the last two episodes are like fucking crazy intense again, but. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. Like, the storylines are kind of way more dramatic. Way more, like, fucking crazy. Like, the scenarios are crazy, but it's still believable, which I like. It doesn't jump the shark with the scenarios that that, that happen. Um, and the other thing I loved is just how much, like, another thing I loved is just how much of a hateable character Rami becomes. Like, in the show, Rami, the character's name is Rami, like Rami Yusuf. His character becomes so fucking despicable. Like by the last episode, there's a moment that happens in the last in the season finale for this season that I was just like cringing. That was the most had cringe at anything in a long time. Like I mean, I was just wanted to rip my fucking ears off, claw my face out, like that kind of cringe. Because you couldn't believe the audacity of this guy saying what he was saying. And I think that's a pro because this is supposed to be loosely based on his life. So this guy, he, he he's one of the main writers, Rami Yusuf, the comedian. So like the fact that he wrote his own character as such as so despicable, actually, I, I actually like it because almost like the main character becomes like a, like the villain of the show. Like not 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 an antihero, like a full on villain. Like you, by the end of this season, you will hate Rami, and I think that's actually smart because in season three, that'll probably lead the way for a bigger redemption arc, if you know what I mean, and it will make more sense because now you see this guy at the lowest of lows. I mean, he reaches some fucking crazy lows. Like this, I mean, whatever. I don't want to get too deep into it, but yeah, that's. I mean, in in terms of flaws with the season, I'm trying to think. Um, the only flaw I can think of is there was an episode about the sister that w- the one episode, the one storyline that wasn't as compelling as last season was for the sister who the sister of Rami gets kind of, you know, she has her own episode, but nothing ever. Ha- it's almost like a parable. It doesn't feel like it's like developing more about her character. It just feels like a parable and they don't even ever go back to it. So that that episode kind of felt weird, but every other episode was like fucking top-notch, like top-tier TV. So, yeah, that's my review for season 2 of Rami. Uh really enjoyed it, my favorite show of the year so far. Let's see if any other show is able to fucking top it. Um and the last review for this segment, Empty Reviews. Is gonna be for the Run the Jewels' album, Run the Jewels 4. Yeah. 
So there's been three other. I mean, you know who the fuck Run the Jewels is at this point, right? Like it's Killer Mike and LP. You know, LP has been a producer and rapper for a while. Killer Mike, I believe he was. I think he was an outcast, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a very big Southern artist and like political activist, too. So a lot of people kind of know him for his speeches and stuff like that. But yeah, he um, he they both, you know, dropped their latest Run the Jewels album. And look, Run the Jewels, every time they drop an album is extremely critically acclaimed, right? Like people know about the album. People love them. Like, people absolutely love the albums. Um, Y'all fucking tired. What the fuck? I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't know, man. This EB show, I think, needs to be just too much energy. I think I need to be a little bit more laid back, especially if I'm doing an individual episode. But I feel like this is kind of training for maybe an hour-long show. But this is just me. This is fucking hard. I don't think people understand how fucking hard it is to just talk to yourself for a long time, for hours on end. Um, You know, if you see you see other people do it, and there's a lot of, you know, it's not always entertaining. There's going to be some lows. People are kind of more laid back. And I think that's just what I'm going to have to do, be more laid back, because fuck, a lot of energy is going into this fucking episode. This is just a pilot. I'll make some changes as need be. Also, I'm fucking hungry, and it's kind of hot a little bit in this room, so maybe that's what it is. Um, But, yeah, let me get through this RTJ4 review, right? Like I said, Run the Jewels, they have some of the most critically acclaimed albums of the 2010s, where Run the Jewels 1, 2, and 3. People loved them, you know. And now they have Run the Jewels 4 come out. And I don't know how much I have to say about it. I mean, look, here's what I'll say. In terms of the background of what I think of of their albums or the group in general, I enjoy, I have enjoyed their past three albums, but they haven't been albums that I've been replaying. If anything, run the jewels three had some of my favorite songs from them. Like talk to me and uh ticket something fucking, I don't remember, but they have like two or three songs that I, that I love in run the jewels three, which apparently is their least critically acclaimed, which is funny. Cause that's probably my favorite just cause it has the, my, favorite songs of anything uh, of any songs they've done and i mean it's it's undeniable they make incredible music but if for some reason their music hasn't just really connected with me just because it's more album i mean the beats as wilder they are and as great as they are they're not necessarily catchy it's more and a lot of people have said this it's more like workout music than it is that i will put than i would enjoy because at the end of the day i like some kind of melody and those albums don't really have really melodies. It's like fucking full throttle, crazy beats, crazy rapping, which, you know, it's I feel like in the right circumstances. Right. But I, I don't know. I just don't. I just it's not something I will play normally. But um, I mean, shit. Run the Jewels 4, it's like, and maybe it's because of the, the 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 situation right now and how their message, their message has been the same for the past three albums. But in their, in this album being dropped in the middle of all this political unrest, it feels almost appropriate. And I think it also enhances the album way more because the message resonates way more. And I feel like also the beats are probably, to me, I think the beats are, better than any of the past beats because i just felt like these ones are a little bit more catchy if that makes sense like i said and i'm a catchy person i enjoy melodies shit like that right like that's the the kind of shit i enjoy but um yeah i just i just think i just think the beats on this album are way better 
and you know like i said the message resonates more and i don't know like maybe it's just a really i've obviously grown up since the past three albums so maybe now i just have a further appreciation for it and i can understand what the fuck they're talking about i don't know this album just hit me different that's what i'm trying to say i love this album this album just hit me different almost pretty much every song on this it's like almost every song is amazing right and i just think it flows perfectly as an album too that's another thing that all their that's another thing they've always truly had like the flow and pacing of all their albums have been amazing but for some reason this one kind of really grabbed me i think it's just a more modern a more trappy maybe a more hip-hop production is what i would say than the past albums like the past albums that production has been more kind of electronic than it has been hip-hop if that makes sense and maybe that's why i haven't enjoyed it as much but the production in this album it is still as electronic as it has been in the past but it feels more hip-hop there's like elements of jazz incorporated there's elements of rock incorporated which goes well with hip-hop and just i don't know maybe there's drums there's better drums is that it (laughs) i don't fucking know maybe that's what it is i don't know but even the features on this album i really like like two chains I think he did great. That song is really good with Two Chains. The song with DJ Premier feels very hip hop. Probably the most hip hop. And I mean, you know what it is? Maybe it's also just the help that LP has had with the production. And I'm pretty sure LP actually said that this is a way more hip hop album than the past albums. So yeah, maybe I'm not too off on that on that analysis. But yeah, I mean, if I were to talk about my favorite songs, I mean the outro. There's no song this year that has gotten me as hyped and like gets my fucking blood flowing and like gets me legitimately hyped as the last song, like a uh, final message for the firing squad. I think is, is what it's called. Like the building beat and the fact there's no real payoff. It just builds and builds and builds and then dissipates and then builds and builds and then dissipates and then builds one more time. And then it, it reaches a climax And then, you know, fades out and then it does, it gives kind of like an outro that goes right back into the Yankee and the Brave, you know, the intro of the album, which makes it incredible. You know, it makes it amazing to re-listen. Like, it it makes it really cohesive. So, but yeah, that final song, like, it really, like, you listen to that song enough, for some reason, that building beat just gets me, like, fucking pumped. Like, I want to do something. And the fact that it's almost like blue balled in a way, but the way they do it is not really because it does reach a climax and it points out the message and they're just rapping and giving almost their final message. I think that's the point, the final message before the firing squad. Like, before they die, they're just letting it all out there and it's building like they're about to get killed. I think that's the point of it. But, I mean, other songs, I mean, the song with Pharrell and Zach LaRocha just... Look at all these slave masters posting on your dollar. It has to be. That has to be the line, the refrain of the year. It has to be. I mean, that's such a crazy fucking message. Like, you, anybody can get that through their head. Look at all these slave masters posting on your dollar. It perfectly conveys the message they want to send of, like, just economic empowerment and all that kind of shit. So, I mean, I love that song. I love the song um, "Pulling the Ground the Ground Above." I like that one a lot. "Pulling the Pin" that one, that's a fr- really crazy, like dramatic song. I mean, "Walking in the Snow" has one of the better verses of the year with Killer Mike's verse about "I can't breathe" and making it just the message that that if you didn't th- if you listen to any verse in this album that kind of conveys what this album was about, 
or just what we're going through right now, that's a verse that perfectly summarizes what's going on in this country. I mean, I'm, t- I'm trying to think what other songs. I mean, Yankee and the Brave is a great intro. Uh, Ooh La La is a great, like, you know, old school boom bap hip hop song. The song with uh, uh, Two Chains is great. Um, and then, oh, Holy Kalama Fuck, the second half of that beat. Yeah. That's probably my favorite beat just because it feels trappy and spacious and I like that shit. And coming from them and their flow sounds really great. Uh, but yeah, that's my review of Run the Jewels 4 is probably is for sure one of the best made albums of the year, undoubtedly. I think it's in my top five right now um, in terms of enjoyment. I might lower it because in terms of my personal enjoyment, like whenever the way I think about like rating albums. It's like, if I can listen to, like, how many songs I can I choose to go back and re-listen to. For this album, all the songs are amazing, right? Like, objectively speaking, this is an amazing album. One of the best of the year. But subjectively speaking, like, some of the songs aren't songs I would necessarily want to replay. Besides just, you know, uh, the song. You know, it, it was a weird placement in the sentence. Be- besides the song Just and the song A Message for the Firing Squad or like The Ground Below or like Second Half of Holy Kalama Fuck, those are songs I would listen to. But other songs in there, like the Two Train song, isn't necessarily something I would listen to because I don't love to be, you know what I mean, personally. But it is a great beat. I mean, this is a great album in general. There's no fucking, you can't say this album is bad. You know, objectively, you're wrong. But subjectively, you can say if you enjoyed it or not or if it's your favorite or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's my review for Run the Jewels 4. And that's it for this episode of the EB Show. That was an intense hour. I didn't realize that was going to go for an hour in this episode, but it actually makes sense. And I think I'm probably going to, yeah, I think I'm just going to keep it that long. And it's actually going to be, you know, I need to get used to talking a lot, which I already do. But like for a full hour and keep the inter- in- intensity for an hour, I think this is going to be great for me. But a fucking hour, man. This this is the long... I mean, I usually don't even like to do hour-long episode, like solo episodes because I feel like they might be exhausting for the listener to just listen to one person talking for that long. But if you enjoyed it, if you think it's compelling, then fucking nothing wrong with that. I forgot to set up the outro song. Fuck, I'm so stupid. So yeah, the way we're going to end every song is the outro song, like my favorite song I've been listening to uh, recently. I just play that to end the episode for the YouTube version for anybody watching on YouTube. That's going to be it for this episode because I'm not going to play the song on the YouTube version because I don't want to get copyright strike. This is gonna, this the song I'm only going to play for this for the podcast version. So if you want to hear what song I play, make sure you go listen to it there. But uh, just for the YouTube version, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you keep up with all the content coming out. You know, I'll do all that shit. You know what the fuck. If you if you enjoy it, you're going to find a way to watch more. So just do that. If you didn't, I'm not going to try to convince you. You know what I mean? So uh, that's it for this YouTube video. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. And that's it for the YouTube version. Uh, It feels weird doing two outros. Now, yeah, guys, now I'm just talking to you. If you're listening on the podcast version, hey, I'm talking to you specifically. The YouTube people are gone. Now I'm talking to you only. And now we can enjoy my favorite song of the past week is from that Freddie Gibbs and um, in the Alchemist album. 
uh, Alfredo. My favorite song from there is 1985. It gets me fucking hyped because the flow, it's like old school. It has that old school feel, right? But then that fucking sample with the rock guitar and then Freddie's like triple flow fucking gets me going. So that's what I'm going to be playing, going to be playing for this outro. So, uh, yeah, now I'm talking to you guys specifically, this, the, the podcast audience. I already said bye to the YouTube audience. I wanted to be talking specifically to the podcast audience. Thank you guys so much for listening. If I'm honest, I actually appreciate you way more than the YouTube viewership because at the end of the day, I like podcasting more than videoing. But I just have to do a video for these podcasts because that's just the wave. I mean, you see Joe Rogan. The fact that Spotify bought the audio and the video means that they're both important. So I have to do both for business reasons. But at the end of the day, my true passion is podcasting. So I love you guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure nobody's listening to this at this point because nobody's going to get through fucking 60 minutes or just me talking in a podcast feed. But if you are, I really appreciate you. And uh, now I'm going to be playing the outro for this episode. And it is Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist, 1985. Well, bro, so don't say that. Don't Fuck that. I'm going to get a whooping anyway. It don't make no goddamn difference. Fuck that. The song is actually short for how much I enjoy it. I'm not going to find shit. Well, your mother, take the garbage. God, I love this song so much. Come on, let's get started. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Enjoy so much. There we go. Yeah, don't lose the beat, motherfucker. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. The song is so fucking good Oh my god Makes me want to fucking rap But I'm not I'ma leave it to the professional He's gonna do it I'm not gonna get in the way Go ahead, Freddie Gibbs Go ahead, boy Yeah, yeah Check, check Yeah, yeah Quarter thing to a whole thing Whole game working Hit a bitch with that extended clip with that revolver shit is so the same purpose Eagles beaming up the Scotty in my crack lobby, I can smell the cane burning Michael Jordan, 1985, bitch, I travel with a cocaine circus Put the methanations on your clown ass, catch a nigga up and leave him down bad I go get a pack and take a nigga town and fuck his bitches with my out-of-town ass Bomb on niggas like Nagasaki, rockin' next to my pocket, I like a body Drop the check on the bit, many niggas be looking like baby mamas in these Maseratis Bitch, I fuck up your face with a razor, I make sure your motherfucking family can't do your body Nigga thuggin' this shit, put my blood in this shit, prick my finger, Alfredo Illuminati Joe Pesci pushing product, you niggas is sweeter than Joe Exotic On the run like a soda, so fuck the police is a nigga be chillin' in Nahabana Police caught him with a whole thing, now they stitchin' main whole game workin' Gangland made a lane in it, did my name in it, it's a game murder All my raps in the crack files, bitch, I got him up at the ball I'm the reason your mama be smokin' that villain when rippin' them contenders off Yeah, geekers beamin' up the Scotty in my crack lobby, I can smell the cane burning. Gangland, if you put a hit on Freddie Kane, it'll be a game murder 1985, Michael Jordan, bitch, I travel with a cocaine circus Flow God level like a nose speak, I make a song, we forget the game, huh? Bitch, yeah, yeah Flow God level like a nose speak, I make a song, we forget the game, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah Check, 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 need to check, check We got everybody yeah. in the house, man I'll wait for my DJ to get ready. Nah.